Welcome back to Retail Therapy. My name's Will DeFries in the studio with me today. My co-host, Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going all right. It's uh it's kind of it's nasty out there, man. I I, I was just I had to, I was swerving out of the way of uh, of tree limbs on the way over here, but you know. We almost yeah. didn't make it in the studio today, given the uh, weather in Austin, Texas. And, and I, I, we probably wouldn't have otherwise, but, you know, today's a pretty big day. When you have your first ever guest on Retail Therapy, you make sure to get to the studio, rain or shine, ice, snow, whatever it may be. I just, yeah, I, I, you know, I spent my entire morning just slapping the snow tires on, and that's, that's <laughs> uh, I was going to do whatever it took to get here. I know, and I, I, you, I mean, you dressed uh, like like a guy who might uh, know something about uh, car mechanics and things oh, of yeah, that nature. Oh, yeah, 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 I've got, I've got gloves in my, in my puffer over here you know you just you, you got to be prepared in case something goes down you know you got to get your hands a little dirty but no i've got on the uh, i've got on the chunky hiking boots i've got my beanie i am well equipped and uh but now it's time to pod so i'm happy to be here well today we've got a special guest phoning in from uh are you in newcastle right now yeah just just outside newcastle and gateshead guys his name is Reese McKean, but you may know him on instagram as cake not crumb so whether it's watches sneakers or just match day content He's been my absolute go-to on Instagram le- lately. Reese, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You got to be riding pretty high right now, actually, after uh, last night's match uh, in the Carabao Cup, right? You'd, you'd, th- you'd think so. It was it was probably about 40, 40 plus minutes of uh, anxiety, and then you, you win and you, you're, you're elated for a period of time, and then you realize, oh, we've got to play my new... And they're a they're, they're a solid team. If if we were playing Man U four or five months ago, I'd be a lot more confident. But um, I've been watching uh, United a lot more intently the past couple of weeks, like in anticipation of facing them. And um, I'm I'm still confident, but I'm not confident to the point where I'm gonna I'm gonna be trying to rile United fans up either. You know what I mean? Because like, it, it could go both ways. Who I'm, knows? I'm a little scared to tell you this just because I'm the typical American, but I, I, I am a United supporter, unfortunately. So, so you can talk as much garbage as you need to me today. I'm, 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 I'm not going to talk any trash or anything, but how, how did you, how did you land on that? Uh, when, a, when my parents movie. gave me a, a Nintendo 64 as a child, uh, Manchester United was the, the default team on, on the yeah. game in 1999 for obvious reasons. And from that point on, and they were really one of the only teams you could actually watch over here on television because they didn't carry a ton of big, big, uh, big games over here. And so you didn't really get to see much. So it was kind of a, just a natural, uh, kind of just like coaxing into that. Now, one, one of my longtime good friends, he moved over here from Southampton in sixth grade. And he, I believe Reese, maybe you can, you can chime in here. He would have called you a glory supporter. I mean, uh, it's what it feels like sometimes. It hasn't been. Uh, it, it's it's not been yeah. that great of a run for you recently, though. No, not at all. Yeah. I I think I think I'd agree, but I think you've got a better claim than most because if you ask most people who aren't from Manchester or if they've got no family ties or affinity to the club, that then it's just like it's United. You know what I mean? I, they're they're the team to support. Yeah. 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 Well, you, for from your perspective, like. I mean, you're a Newcastle supporter. You've gone to almost every game this season. You, you're, you're there. You're in the thick of it. Uh, can you make yeah. a case for any Americans to become Newcastle supporters over those other teams? I mean, the 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 whole Chelsea uh, narrative right now. I'm worried it's going to sway a bunch of Americans to become Chelsea supporters with all the money flying around. We need we need some uh, more Newcastle people on this side of the pond. I, I actually think there's quite there's, there's there's pockets of Newcastle fans. I've definitely seen photos online, especially on Twitter, of um. Newcastle themed pubs like all over America and 
on a match day. Like everyone's everyone's got the old Newcastle shirts on, and that it's it's nice. But um, with Newcastle right now, it's it's exciting. It's by no means exciting as Chelsea breaking FFP rules in a in a window. <laughs> but um, it's it, it's it's building towards something, and I think if it, it's almost like a game, it's like a, a role playing game. If you wanna if you wanna strap yourself in and just uh, experience something and. Yeah, I think I think Newcastle's that team. Not not that I'm wanting anyone who's not really in, like really into the club to just jump on the bandwagon per se. But if more supporters is more supporters, it's hard enough to get a ticket anyway. If you're a season ticket holder right now, so yeah. Can Can I ask a stupid question? I, I would love for you I, to ask a stupid question. Is there any connection between Newcastle, the Brown Ale, and Newcastle United? So, so uh, from from my memory, I'm pretty sure that Brown Ale used to be brewed in like Newcastle City Centre. Okay, but I think that brewery closed down when I was like like quite a bit younger, and um, I, I don't I don't even know who brews it anymore. It's it it's definitely it, it's not it's is it that popular? I've definitely seen a few older men ordering a bottle of it but i i don't think many young people are drinking it I no more... i i think like the perception in the uk and and you know we i i went straight into drinks because this is one of our our you know recurring topics here on the podcast we drink uh we yeah we we, we like to drink um <laughs> and uh the bottle is very famous yeah you know that yellow and blue with the brown ale the behind nice. it the bottle's really nice but well, I, but something that i've like... always liked about just soccer football whatever you want to call it in general is is the the matrimony between a sponsor and the actual kid itself and sometimes mm-hmm. that's what it what that's what it it does it just makes it awesome like I mean, there's the iconic kits, the Newcastle. I, I would say the Newcastle uh, jersey with the Newcastle uh, beer logo on it was yeah, something they, that like they, I remembered they, as a child. Because they were the sponsor for a while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, the Liverpool Carlsberg. It's 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 all those kind of things. Reese, what, what, um, what's your go-to? Like, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, like on on that topic, I, I found myself on YouTube the other day watching. Um, I, it, it was just, it was just like an, an away day vlog on YouTube com- comparing like a, a really lower league team, and then it was like Chelsea's um, like corporate experience, and um, the the guy like happens to collect football kits, so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of um, watching this guy for a couple of hours like try and seek out old football kits which have got like a bit of relevance to him, and I found I found myself on eBay. I don't know if this has been like a, a recent thing since Newcastle got taken over and they're performing well, but some of those old nineties and early two thousands football kits you speak of with the uh it's got like the nice Adidas embroidery, mm-hmm. it's got the Newcastle first really like good stitch count. Mm-hmm. And then it's got the, like the puff print uh brown ale on the, the torso. It's they're going for serious money, like three hundred pounds on like active bids, if not more. So Thanks. Thanks a lot, Ladcore. I know. I had. I had one of. The, I had a United jersey that was a Rude Van Nistelrooy. It had the the puff patch Vodafone sponsor, and I lost it somewhere along the lines. But it was it was a beautiful, beautiful jersey, and I, it just kills me that I don't have it to this day. Uh, I'm. I've got these these uh, these Newcastle shirts pulled up. They're pr- they they go. They're, do you have a, hard. Do you have an all time favorite one, Reese? Um. I like I like the NT, the uh, we had an NTL one which is essentially like Sky TV before Sky arrived in um, the UK. I like those ones and uh, I like the Northern Rock one as well. Like Northern Rock was just a bank which like went bust like maybe ten or so years ago. But I like I like the fact that it was like Northern and Newcastle's a like a, a really Northern club. I thought there was a nice bit of 
synergy there between the sponsors, even if it wasn't intended. Yeah, I think whenever there's that synergy, it just kind of feels a little more natural. Um, let me think. I'm, I'm, now I'm like, we need to get our, our, our footy questions out of the way. Oh, we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, while you while you kind of uh, peruse our rundown, I'll just I'll I'll throw it back to Reese. Oh, we, we mentioned Newcastle. What 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 do you what type of what are you throwing down when when on a match day when you're at a when you're at a match? What's the go to beer? Oh, this or- is a this is a scary question. <laughs> uh, what am I drinking? You, you you know what, right? I really enjoy um, Corona and Sol just out of the bottle. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll get I'll get critiqued a lot from people in the UK for that, and I, I just kind of <laughs> try and own it. But um. It's just, it's just stable. You know what you're getting, you know what I mean? I, there's countless times I'll, I'll go out for a drink and a friends will roll the dice and like, but order a pint and they'll, they'll, they'll do it that often in the same bar where they know that the pint, the gas isn't right, the line isn't right for whatever reason. And they'll, they'll ask the barman to change the pint. The, the guy will just go back the, the uh, tap and just refill it, man. It's <laughs> And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm, I'm like, I've, I've took the looks. I'm chilling with a, a Corona, Sol, Modelo. I, I don't even mind the Coors or a Heineken, to be fair, but I, I like a bottle of beer. Yeah. It's yeah. my go-to. Yeah. When you do a typical away day, what does that look like for you? I know that you have to drive a lot because you're coming up or you're going down from Newcastle to a lot of the stadiums. What's, what's your ideal day when it comes to uh, going and supporting the boys elsewhere? I might that my day is probably one of the strangest days because a lot of people get on like a supporters coach or whatnot and sit on the coach for how many hours just like chant, listen to music and sink a lot of beers. But uh for me, as you said, it's while driving. If it's uh if it's a ground which is a pretty simple train journey, I'll I'll probably get the train. But I actually really enjoy the driving. Is uh as much as people probably think why why is that the case? But uh, probably wake up, try and time it so you can get there a good few hours before the game. Try and uh, try and get get some nice food in, like nice lunch, nice dinner beforehand. If there's a a local spot which we we don't have in Newcastle, I'll probably try and hit that up. And then uh, just go to the bar and like soak it in a bit and have a few beers before the game. And uh, that's about it, really. Yeah, I mean. Kind of jealous. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a pretty great day. Sounds sounds like an ideal way to spend a, a weekend day. We, uh, I mean, we it, have you've been to some some Austin FC games, Reese. We, uh, the the city where we are in uh, Austin. Oh, we, yeah, we've we've got an MLS team that's relatively new. We um, we just you guys wrapped did up a our... really really good uh, Samba club recently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I forgot about those. Oh. I didn't pick up oh. any. Yeah, almost almost similar to our uh, previous Wales Bonner Samba Cola, like the black and the green. Oh yes, accent. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. yeah those, those those were a hit. Uh, I knew several people that that were able to snag a pair of those. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, yeah we've had yeah. some fun doing the doing the Austin FC thing. It's been nice to have a a club in town that we can go and support and and do those kind of things with. Um, I mean, to to round out the the the, the soccer questions before we get into what, talking about why you're actually here, uh, <laughs> I do want to know what are your expectations for this season for Newcastle. It's obviously been an exciting season for you guys. Uh, I mean, do you have high expectations, or are you trying to temper them a little bit? Um. So so the the win the win the transfer window is just closed. It closed. Um. It closed yesterday. So we we signed two people. We signed uh, Anthony Gordon from uh, Everton, wing I can play on both sides. Um, we signed Harrison Ashby as well from West Ham, bit of a young prospect for a couple of million. Uh, I think he plays right back from memory. 
like I've got no. I would I preface this by saying I, I wasn't really aware of following him before we made the the signing, so I, I've got no knowledge on how good he could become. But I trust the system and I trust the club and its structure. So I think we can we can more or less make anyone a good player right now. But um, like with those signings in, we got rid we got rid of a couple of players like Chris Wood, who was the backup striker. He, he, he wasn't very good, but he, he had a bit of heart when he came on and uh, got rid of a midfielder as well, John Joe Shelby. He was, he'd cool. been real servant to the club, been here seven years, so it was a shame to see him go. But if you're a footballer, you're trying to protect your best interests and make sure that money comes in near the end of your career. So the, the, that was the in-goings and out-goings. And based on that, it, it's hard to say. We, uh, we we obviously played Southampton last night in the Cup and uh, Bruno Gamera, he he went in on, on for a really... Uh, aggressive hard tackle in the second half so he's he's gonna be out for three games now three league games so with that in mind and him being like a real talisman of the team and help him with build up the pitch and get a goal it's it's hard to say i do think we're, we're gonna probably draw and lose one or two of the next couple of games so with that in mind and how tight the table is it's it's looking a bit tentative for um champions league i feel I, I'd be really happy if we could lift the Carabao Cup at Wembley at the end mm-hmm. of February and qualify for Europa League. I think for the first full season being taken over under new ownership and just a new direction, I'd be over the moon with that. I think Newcastle fans kind of get a bad rep on Twitter and Facebook and just general social media for maybe having really high expectations. But as far as I'm concerned, going week in, week out, more or less every game and just soaking it in all the time, it's just... A case of the fans wanting the players to try. If you if you leave your heart on the pitch every every game and you've got nothing left, we can't really expect any more of you. So, um, like a top six finish in lifting the Carabao Cup would be would be lovely for me. If we could squeeze it and manage to get uh, Champions League, that would be like I'd be elated with that. But it also comes with the problem of like depth for that many competitions mm-hmm. in the following season. So the owners would really have to splash some cash. So. Well, maybe maybe once we're done with this recording today, we'll go check our uh, televisions and we'll see that Nottingham Forest put up four against United and it'll make your job <laughs> a little easier. I hope that's not the case, but it's possible. <sighs> the, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed, but uh, <laughs> with, uh, my, with Man United up 3-0 already on aggregate, it's, that's almost an impossible task, especially at home at Old Trafford. Come on. The atmosphere there will be pumping tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, as much as I want to keep this conversation going down this road, I do think we need to pivot <laughs> a little bit to why you're actually here. Um, yeah, for anyone out there who's not familiar with Cake Not Crumbs, can you explain why you started doing the Instagram and, and what it really is? I hesitate to, to qualify it in a specific way just because, um, yeah, it kind of is what you want it to be. So if you just want to speak to that a little bit. I don't even know if I can qualify myself. I think I think that's a pretty good way of looking at it. It is what you take it as and what you understand and digest from it. I think ultimately it started as just a just an Instagram account to share imagery, whether that was like a really thought out image or or just like a quick photo I thought was cool of a car or whatnot. And it um it it kind of grew from there in a sense of trying to try out different content streams and almost treat it like a a TV network, just trying out regular series of content and seeing how that performs. And it, it kind of got a bit of traction and went from there. And it's it's really exploded over the past 12 months. 
What do you think it was that got the traction to start with? I, th- I think the consistency and I think that maybe the approach to just the general approach to social media and how it's how it's very upfront. I think how I am on that account is how I'd be if you met us at the bar. I just bumped into us in the street. I think it's very um, on a level and I think it's accessible for almost anyone. Mm-hmm. It, it you, you kind of like bridge the gap between a, a personal account that kind of shows what you're up to and what you're doing and then like a mood board type of type of Instagram account, which is where it feels like it leans to me when you're, you know, it's like, you know, a, 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 a slideshow of photos, stuff that you've been, been into watches, sneakers, Stussy drops, whatever that might be. Like, did you, yeah. did, did, did you kind of have to decide that it was going to be both at the same time? Eh, I think, I think last year I went through a period of, um, just, just almost. I, I, I was. I think I was on the cusp of just making a third account because obviously mood boards were becoming really popular. Right. And I was. Like, I've been on Instagram that long, like working in Instagram, like working in social media professionally for, um, approaching five years, and um, just like living on the platform that much. I, I felt. Yeah. I, I, I almost need a slice of this, and I think one day I thought I'm just going to roll with it. I, I like this account. It's got a decent following. People are engaged. So I don't really want to ruin that and have to start from the beginning and almost put less time into what I've built so far. So I think one day I just made the conscious decision to share things I was into in like a mood board sense and then just continue the more uh, like personal account postings. I think if you were trying to explain that to someone and they hadn't seen it before, they'd probably think it was a bit crazy. And I, I don't think I've really seen anyone else doing that or taking that approach to Instagram as far as I'm aware. So I, I I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of the secret to the success of it is just the approach and the copy. And um, I'm I'm really active on there as well. I, I must spend five, like before work, <laughs> after work, maybe maybe five hours a day just sitting on the account. Uh, well, I think your strategy is smart, just because it's you know it it, it gives uh, it just gives more personality and and depth to the account overall because not only. Are, are are your fans and your your followers kind of like seeing what you're into but they're seeing you so they you know that it just makes it it gives them like a point of reference where they can what you know relate to maybe they're soccer fans too maybe they're uh you know maybe they they just it opens up the the, the book a little bit in a way that i i think is really smart and it's one of the things that i i, I certainly enjoy uh about following you so yeah um may you, you 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 talk about the time i have in the past tried to you know, dedicate myself to, to staying consistent on the platform. And it's, it's such a huge key. And I just think it's like, people take for granted the the time commitment that it takes to post stuff every single day. I, people don't realize, and, and so many people, you probably get this question all the time of, of how you get into this profession, how you do this kind of thing, how you, how you get it started. And it's the consistency piece that people don't understand. It's just like the ultimate thing is is doing it day after day after day after day and making making uh, yourself realize that that's just how you do it. Yeah, like be, before I answer that, I, I'd like I'd like to work out how, how like both of you landed on the account and found it. It was there was there a specific bit of content or was it just like I, I don't know. When I first started seeing it, I think it started popping up on my explore page. And Same. to be honest, I don't know if it was on my explore page in terms of my personal account or the Sunday Scaries account or the retail therapy account. But it popped up enough that I think I finally messaged Barrett and I was like, you got to follow this account. And I think one of the reasons it kept popping up was because uh, I and this speaks to how good you've done at you know curating the content on there. Uh, there were always 
things that were right in my lane, things that I was interested in, things that uh, I thought were good looking. And just uh, you and I think your taste is very similar to mine in terms of, of the things that you like. And it made it very easy for me to get in. And then once I saw the supplemental content that was outside of just uh, fashion watches, sneakers, whatever it may be, uh, it made it a lot easier to uh, follow and kind of go in head first. Yeah, it, it definitely popped up on on my explore page. It's the first time I I came across it, and that 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 you know my feed there is mostly fashion, streetwear, sneakers, mm-hmm. and 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 all that type of stuff. So and like the random model, and, and then yes, a random model. Yeah, yeah, but, lots but if- of, lots of those too. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been joking about how like all the all all the the female fashion stuff that that is populating my feed currently is like all overseas. It's like no American girls anymore. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that, and, and then I think, you know, I, I would see other accounts share Reese's content from cake, not crumbs too. Like it mm-hmm. would, it, you know, it'd be in somebody else's stories. It's like, uh, you know, people throwing up their own inspiration from accounts that they follow and, and your stuff would pop up there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Will said, there's a lot of crossover here, you know, like I'm a huge fan of the Solomon stuff and the new balance stuff and, and, uh, the Stussy as well, which I, I, I see you're rocking right now. Do you? Yeah, yeah. This is this this is actually the only crew neck I, I own. I think. <laughs> yeah, I the 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 fit of this Stussy Nike. To, to be fair, I'm saying the fit of it. I've I I, I bought the black sweat and the black sweat has got a different comp composition. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's probably because the gray's, the gray's probably got a bit of polyester in it. Yep. Whereas the black will just be like cotton. The the black one's actually shrunk a bit with washing, but the gray one this is uh this has stayed firm. I will actually wear this all the time. Really good piece. When when you're curating your content and you're and you're finding things, I don't want you to reveal your sources because I know that might you know it might change the way that other people do things. But you've talked before about taking pride in being first and doing that and making sure that when at, at your old jobs and things like that, that you were first and you were trying to beat those big accounts. Um, what yeah. do you think it is that 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 what do you think it is about just you, your personality, your habits that, that that allow you to be on top of it? Because it's such an important factor of what you're doing to be first or to be on top of those trends. I think the thing that separates me and other other people, for the most part, is I think I'm ridiculously tapped in mm-hmm. to, to just just the culture in general. Um, I, I feel like if you were if you were just almost posting. In sharing this sort of content with the intention of, uh, with the sole intention of like trying to build and establish and grow, I think it would fail or like every time, mm-hmm. if not every time, nine out of 10 times. But the, the way I approach the account is it's just, it's just what, what I like. And if people like that, then fair enough. If they don't like that and it doesn't perform at the end of the day, I like it and I, I'm a fan of it and I've wanted to share it. So I think that's, that's one of the main factors. And I think I'm, just on top of and in conversations that a lot of people aren't involved anyway through whether that be through just being in the industry or just being aware of what's surfacing and how timelines work and how seasons work when it comes to uh like fashion and capsule collections and releases and that's really important mm-hmm. do you ever find like you know you we, we talked about consistency being key do you ever, yeah. and maybe this was something you experienced early on with the account and not so much anymore as it's grown and you've gotten more confident with, with, with all of it and you just feel more comfortable. But like one of the things I remember feeling is like kind of setting up a post, getting it all squared away and like set and then being like, 
is this good enough to post? Do you ever, do you, do you, does that ever happen to you? Do you ever feel like, uh, like you're just posting to post or, or are you really dialed in every time well, and it's just very so, natural? So I think it's February now. I think last, last summer, at, at the end of last summer, like we're talking like August, September time, I think, uh, I, I was like really drilled through the summer just, uh, like make sure I posted every day. If I can post twice a day, fantastic. Yep. But after that period of time, I, I kind of reevaluated it a little bit and just thought, I really just want to post something if it's if if I'm really into it. I, I kind of changed the like parameters I'd put a bit of content through before it went live. Yeah. So I, after I did that, I've kind of di- I haven't dialed it back because I'm still posting every day. But some days I, I won't post that. I won't beat myself up for not posting either. I think that's a and I think that's the thing like a lot of people go through when they're trying to create and curate things. They, they want to post every day because it's good for the algorithm. It's just good to, that reputation is nice, the consistency. But I think you shouldn't almost have that as like a guillotine or a noose you're putting yourself against for the purposes of just trying to stay active. The, I think there's, I think most weeks there'll be six or seven posts. Some weeks there might be four or five. And if that's the case, and I've took a bit of time out just to, enjoy something or be be a bit more present then that's fair enough because i think like mid last year i was just like i was always on i'm still always on my phone regardless <laughs> but i was like i was on my phone to the point where it was just like this is a bit much so if i'm if i'm out to dinner i'm if i'm out out the house at the, at the bar or something or just anywhere i always i try to like go on my phone as little as possible yeah if i can I think that's something we can all relate to, even if we're we're not, we're not running Instagram very successful Instagram accounts. Yeah, it's 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 so addicting, especially when you see the it, like even I mean, everything from just being excited about what you're posting to seeing the interactions come in to just seeing the numbers change, whatever it is, like it's it is somewhat addicting, and it is a habit you kind of have to get yourself out of every once in a while. It's not it's not the healthiest of habits to sit there refreshing and seeing who or how many people have liked something. Reese, I do. I have a. Yeah. I have a question in a different lane for you, and this yeah, is this true. is a lane that I don't know anything about, and it's a lane that I want to know more about. Uh, one, uh, what watch do you have on right now? And two, how did you get into watches in the first place? I've got. Uh, I'm wearing a one one six seven one zero LM. It's a black ceramic uh, Rolex GMT Master Two from uh, two thousand seven. Um, how did I get into watches? Um, <laughs> The 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 what the the watch the watch thing's a funny thing because I've always I, I as far as I can remember I've always like liked watches and the the there was almost a period of time when I liked watches and I wouldn't really wear a watch I just liked the idea of watches yeah and just almost collecting them like willy nilly and just whether whether that was like a, they'd be really cheap watches at this time we're not talking anything like Swiss or anything entry level or anything like that just g-shocks casios and the like um i i i really i really don't know what sparked it i'd really like to know but um i've got really distinct memories of like being like young like i'm 27 now 28 in a couple of months um being like 15 16 and there's a uh there's a shopping center not like um you you guys would call it like a mall just like a shopping Mm -hmm. indoor shopping center loads of shops and um there's like a there's a couple of jewelers there now. There was like one big jewelers there, and I distinctly remember like being able to identify like Ro- Rolex in particular, like fifteen, sixteen, and just like almost have a a really good understanding. Like I I could probably track 
the the price of a Rolex from when I was 15, 16 to the to the price now pretty accurately without looking at like watch charts or Chrono 24, just through like having a, an active and passing interest. And that was that was well before I was ever in a position to pick up and own a Rolex. And that, the funny thing is, if 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 I was this age now when I was 15 or 16, I I'd, I'd probably end up becoming a watch dealer because watch watches back then were so was so cheap. You could pick up a 50th anniversary Kermit Submariner full kit for like 6,500, 6,800 for a perfect example. And I think even with the current downturn, you're probably talking about 13 to 14.4K in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I, I, the, the, the watch trade, the, the aftermarket, all of that, it kind of like, it, it, it almost makes the, uh, the sneaker market look tame. I know it's like yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm at a comfortable spot when it comes to shopping for sneakers that like if I start to like I was listening to the Dan Splaining podcast when you were talking about how much you watch on YouTube and how that's a big educator when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm like, if I ever go down that road of of watching these YouTube videos about watches and I start to learn, I don't want I, that's a habit that scares me to get. But it's also one that I can feel the itch starting to, to build a little bit. Well, there's I mean, you heard Reese drop the uh, the reference number. There's like a little bit of a barrier to entry too. Yeah. one, obviously, is the price. But two, it's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a very kind of casual, uh, you know, watch aficionado. It's I, I can't name all the, the the reference numbers for the Kermits and GMTs and Batmans and root beers and all that. But like that's that's how you have to learn how to you have to learn how to like talk in that language in the the numbered language to to really dive into it I think because that's like that's you know it, it it's it's like knowing what flu game twelves are right you have to know <laughs> like the little what the little what what the numbers are what what those reference uh, things mean but yeah. um yeah is it so is that is that a collection now that you're that you that you're like really kind of into and and actively growing or. Or are you more like kind of like trading one in, one out type of thing? Oh um, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely actively collecting. I think if 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 I wasn't poisoned mentally, like being obsessed with watches, <laughs> I think the I think the one in one out, I think one in one out is is the perfect place to be. But I feel like I'm in too deep to do that now. Yeah, don't don't get us wrong. I've I've definitely done. I've definitely run the numbers and worked in worked out okay if i traded these pieces i could have a i could have a like solid gold any, presidential <laughs> i could have a royal oak i could have a yeah, yeah. A, like and all that aquanaut or whatnot but i think i think for me it's 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 the intricacies of rolex in particular that i, I really like it uh, on the surfaces of it you you think that all of these watches for the entire production run are the same but when you really get into the nitty gritty and the the dirt of it, there's so many different slight deviations for dial. Um, whether the the numbers on the bezel are a certain like cal calibration or like size or whatnot, whether the uh, the hour markers are a certain material for the loom, the uh, like the rehort, that's the uh, the text on the inner ring that came in, and I believe end of like oh six or early oh seven. So there's there's different like transitional pieces and whatnot, and on the surface, a lot of people probably wouldn't get that why why you'd be really enamored or like taken by it. But I I think when you're really into it, it's a beautiful thing. So like for 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 reference, the reason I said this is an 07 is because um this is the 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 black ceramic GMT is the first uh, GMT Master Two with a ceramic bezel. 
before that, they were uh, aluminum. So um, that the ceramic will like essentially last forever. So th this this watch isn't going to develop a patina per se, or really change much apart from like dings on the case or scratches. Mm -hmm. But um, it, it's almost a bit of a transitional piece because it's got super. It's got a super luminova uh, loom on the hour markers, and that was um, that was changed a couple of years later. So the loom on this glows green. It's got a green GMT hand and the uh, GMT Master Two text is in green, and I wanted that synergy across all of it. So I, I wanted the our marks to be green, and the accents on the watch to be green. The the newer references following like the end of 07 to mid 08 came with a, a blue chroma light loom, which I think is I don't want to say it's disgusting, but if I could have the choice, <laughs> I'd rather have the I'd rather have the I'd rather have the green accents over the um the chroma light blue ones. Yeah. But, that like I'm saying this, then there's there's people who are also into watches who'd be like, I ah, well, I want the 2018 where the, the five year warranty ran out in like 20 like the start of 2023. Like some people are really hung up on warranty, whereas I'm more hung up on like the intricacies and specifics of that watch. Yeah, and, real, the, the the smaller yeah. details that that casuals yeah. such as ourselves know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> but now you know, now you know, Will. Fuck the blue loom. Get that get that shit out of yeah, here. Yeah. next time I see someone with that, I'm gonna be like, yeah, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just look you look down over at your friend, you know, he's got the he's got this watch he's real proud of. He's like, oh is that the that the blue loom? Uh-huh. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean you've like you talked about something recently that was the bravado of having like a good coat. And it started making me just think of, it started making me think of like, when I put something on, what, what can I put on out of my wardrobe that makes me feel like cool? That makes me feel invincible. That makes me feel like I'm going out to do something. I mean, where does yeah. a, where does a nice watch, where did your first Rolex land in that feeling when, when you first got it, it had to have been a moment where you're just like, okay, you, I feel like I can go conquer the world right now. Yeah. Mo, 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 most, most definitely. That's probably the, Try like euphoria, elation. It's like it, it's nice, especially when it's something you've you've like worked towards and saved up for and had the like I I I I know I know all the gigs I paid for that first Rolex. You know what I mean? I, I know I, I know what I had to do in order to to pay for that one. And I think when when you achieve one, it's almost like it's almost like a checkpoint. Like I, I spoke of like like something to like a role playing game before. It, it's almost like that. It's like I've hit the checkpoint. I've like defeated that boss. I've got the the trophy, the medal, mm -hmm. the new weapon, per se. And now I can I can enjoy that, but also think what's next and uh, move on. As as much as there's like a bit of bravado with like a jacket, I know I know I've said that before. With watches, it's a little more. The, the the world's like quite a dangerous place now, so I think you've got to be yeah. As much as it's as much as it's nice to like openly be in watches, I I wouldn't wear, I, I don't even wear watch in London anymore, and I'm I'm very careful where I wear watch just anywhere. To be fair, just I think it's it, as much as it's nice to wear the watch, it's not worth it's not worth losing a limb or losing your life over, which is I think is something a lot of people don't want to admit or go into, but um. Yeah, no, it's a common. Yeah. That's definitely a common sentiment that I've, I've I've been hearing quite a bit recently. Um, just kind of you know globally, really, is that is that everybody just needs to be really really cautious with that type of stuff because because it's hairy out there. Oh yeah, when um, we when we went over there this past summer, I told Sal, I told my wife Sally, I was like, please please don't pack your good stuff. <laughs> please, we've we've already lost something before. We don't need to get we don't need to get it stolen from us this time. But yeah, it's a little scary. 
Uh, Reese, I can tell how passionate you are about the watches. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pivot here to, to sneakers. Do you have the, the the same level of of, of attention to detail and, and passion when it comes to to your shoe game? I, d- I definitely did at one point. I don't know if it's still there, but I think sneakers were definitely the like a, a keystone, a building block in the, the the business side and the the understanding of the market when it comes to like tangible goods at, at that level so obviously sneakers that I, I think the market's in a bit of a downturn right now but yeah for every year for every year like prior to the back end of 2022 the market was like really up and it was a real like nice place to park and put money almost like a like a stock a watch just like a non-traditional investment per se but the, the sneaker thing's a funny thing i, I kind of feel like i've i've been there and i've i've had everything by no means have I have I had every high value shoe in my time, but I feel like I've I've almost experienced what I want to experience, and I'm relatively content. There's definitely still shoes I, I like lose me shit over and really want to own and wear, but I think for the most part I'm t- I've took a step back and I'm really just trying to evaluate purchase intention and where and is this a necessity or is it just a need or a want? And if it's a need or a want, is it uh, am I really that in whether is there something else that's driving is wanting to to pick it up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do Do you find yourself kind of like it? You know, you we talked about how the the sneaker market is kind of hitting a downturn right now, and and with that turn, I feel like you can kind of either go one of two directions. You can either like really focus on on basics, you know, entry level shoes that are all time classics, whether that's Adidas Sambas or or, or Chuck Seventies or Vans or whatever. Or you can go to the opposite end and, and and start pulling from higher end things that have less hype and resale value, but that are you know that are less approachable for for the masses. Do you feel yourself kind of pushed to one of those ends? I, f- I feel like I'm I feel like I'm firmly in between. Yeah, I, I think with what, what I'm what I'm wearing, I'm, I'm I found myself just constantly clearing out shoes the past six to nine months, just stuff I continue to amass, which I'm like, why did I buy that? Like what? What was the what was the point in picking that up? I'm not going to wear it for whatever reason, but um, I'm I'm almost in between. I've definitely got a a rotation of like I don't want to say lesser shoes, but shoes which are pretty easily replaceable. Right. I've I've definitely got like a selection of like shoes which are a bit more expensive, but still relatively easy to get, like a pair of Margiela replicas or a pair of yeah Pradas and Mercedes cups. And then I've I've got stuff in between, like more sneaker stuff, like stuff I picked up in years gone by, which I, I still like or still looks good in an outfit so i'll continue to wear it and then everything which doesn't really fall in that category i've kind of been just trying to clear out and get rid of i i think uh you know when we talked about this a little bit on on last couple of podcasts but like I, I, we all got very comfortable over the last five years with a sneaker market that told us like don't worry about this 150 dollars pair of shoes you'll easily be able to to sell those and make your money back, yeah. if not a little profit. Yeah, buy it immediately. If, if you, you end up it. not liking them, and like that, that's really changed. I, I, I think in my own closet where it's like I'm doing the same thing. I'm like, why, why did I buy these? Like I wear them <laughs> twice a year, and now I'm gonna, you know, get seventy five bucks for them or whatever. Like, and so I, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the kind of the surefire ability to just to kind of move on from them and get all your money back is is definitely evaporating. And and so I feel like that's where that that's where some change is happening too. But um 
But yeah, you you, you mentioned Margella uh, replicas, which I feel like are maybe about to have another moment. Um, I've loved the I've loved the Prada. The um, what what did you, what did you call them? The 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 cup, the America's Cup sneakers. Yeah, America's Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I remember those like in places like Saks Fifth Avenue and Neiman Marcus, and I think it's like a that's uh it, it's something that you're doing that I don't see anybody else kind of like on right now. So I always, you know, I always appreciate that, that, that people, when, when people such as yourselves kind of go in a, in a different direction like that zag when everybody else is, 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 is zigging, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it's cool to see some of the higher end stuff coming back as well. And you, you, you're, you have a little bit of a background at end clothing. Is that right? Yeah. I'm i I'm social media manager over there. And I, I worked there, I worked there in, uh, but a couple of capacities and just like retail and just like in the warehouse when I was at university and uh recently like when I went back there March this year. So I'm I'm definitely in the mix when it comes to product like landing and no yep. what's no what's coming in, no what's on the horizon and whatnot there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean Will and I each have like a little bit of experience working at 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 like you know higher end boutiques here stateside. And I think it's it's yeah. just huge to like gain like that um just the knowledge of all of, of everything that is out there. I think you know? it's like, for me, it was so important to do that because it was the knowledge, but additionally it was, it was sorting through so many things that like when, when you're working in a store, you have so many things that come through that store every day that you can look at, whether it's something that's on somebody or whether it's something that's actually coming into the store that you're receiving. Sure. Um, and, and it really allows you to understand your tastes and what you like and what, and what you're particular about. And I also think that it kind of ingrains in you um, the the beauty of something that's quality, the beauty of something that is like uh, maybe a little more rare. And and you start to realize that like it's a never ending game to play. It kind of ruins you a little bit. I mean, that's why I talked about being scared of going into to the watch game because yeah, oh, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I'm already ruined on so many different levels where I'm like, oh, yeah, go spend thirty five dollars on that shampoo. And I'm like, hold on. That's not a normal <laughs> thing that people do. But I worked in a store where people would just go in and do that. I mean, do you think that working um, I mean, a social media manager job is different than working in a in a, a warehouse receiving or shipping stuff. I mean, do you think that gaining that appreciation through that is kind of a necessity when it comes to, to loving that, uh, that part of the game? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as, as much as the job social media, it's, I'm still very hands-on with the product that I, I feel I get it. I get it. I get to see almost, almost anything that comes into the business to be fair. So it's, um, it definitely allows you to decipher and, hone your tastes when it comes to what, what you want to purchase and pick up yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of those brands, should we, should we talk some of the the hottest shit going in the UK right now? Yeah. Let's do, I mean, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, I feel like Barrett might be the the better person for what the current trends are. I, I feel like I'm like playing, I'm, I've been a little absent lately when it comes to what's going on. Well, I'm, I, well, I, I'm, there's a few brands that I have in my mind specifically that I just, I wanted to pick Reese's brains yes. bra brain about because we have our own kind of connotations for them over here and, and they exist here, but like, I feel like they have much bigger presences are a much bigger presence, um, you know, on the other side of the pond, the, the two that I'm thinking of research stone Island and palace. And so I, let's start with stone Island. Cause I think that we, I think that we have an appreciation that it, that, that it kind of goes hand in hand with like, you know, football fans, um, yeah. he, here it kind of exists on like, you know, really in like this gorp core kind of area where it's higher tech stuff and, and, you know, the, the, the flag, the patch label on the, on the arm or on the trousers is like, is 
people know that brand, but I, it's, it's a big deal over there, right? Yeah, it's my, it's, it's massive. I think, I think it's, I think it's always been massive. I think as long as I can remember being, being a teenager, then becoming an adult, I think it's, it's been ridiculously important as a brand for, for, for so many, for so many people. I think that's, I think the beauty of Stone Island is I think it's one of those brands which almost picks you up and it can transport you to so many different places. I think when I when I first got into the brand that I, I couldn't I, I didn't I didn't have the money or I couldn't stomach paying like £139 for a, a jersey sweater. Yeah. When 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 now in 2023 they're like £280 for a, <laughs> a, a standard crew sweat. So it, that that's that tells you there the journey it's went on in pricing alone. But it's it, uh, I think the Gorb core things like an interesting thing to like like in store now too because obviously they do a number of Gore-Tex pieces and pieces which are like highly weather resistant right but I, I feel like it's almost in so many different lanes it's it could be like in obviously the they've got the partnership with um a Rolson Hugh over at Acronym, the Stone Island Shadow Project line they've got the Ghost line the special project line if it's a piece which is went through a pretty industrial and unique treatment in order to reach its like final form right right and i i think it's there's a beauty there in that it, it exposes people who maybe wouldn't be exposed to that level of craftsmanship and like not not necessarily tailoring because the the cuts of the pieces aren't that unique per se they're pretty uniform like dependent on the garment like an overhead smock's going to have a pretty similar similar cut season to season an overshirt will be pretty consistent in its cut but there's definitely pieces with different treatments which are exposing like young men to to things that never see anywhere else, which I think is really nice. I think when I first got into it, I'd pick up a sweater, maybe a pair of sweatshorts, and then you end up buying a comfort shell or a soft shell for like a couple hundred quid, like three, four hundred quid. And then you've you've digested that and you're like, okay, well, what's next? Well, there's a there's a lovely like of Oreo camo, multi camo jacket that's coming out with yeah. really nice po- chest pockets. So it's it, it, it sounds like it that. kind of exists as almost like the gateway drug in a way because like you yeah, know okay. you, 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 yeah. you want to get your hands on on the patch on a on a crew on a crew neck sweater or something, and then the next thing you know, you're like learning who Arrowson Hewitt acronym <laughs> is and shopping Shadow <laughs> Project. So it's like you know you 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 kind of graduate you you have the ability to graduate um, there, but it's it's. Uh, I, I don't know if we have like an equivalent here because you know you think about the you think about the logo and the icon on the sleeve and how people want to wear that and want to be seen and 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 that makes me think of like a Supreme box logo. But the other brand I mentioned is really the UK's answer to Supreme, which yeah. is Palace. Yeah, you know, so it's like that. It's like the street the the streetwear streetwear skate brand that you know sells out T-shirts and hoodies and does a bunch of collaborations, but. Um, but it, you know, so what, 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 I, I'm not sure what our, what ours would be. It's, it's, it's almost like, it's kind of got like a Ralph Lauren thing going, even though it exists in a totally different decade category and, <laughs> and genre of, of clothing. But, um, well, what, why is there, there's a connotation around having the badges on when, let's say, let's say you go out with a jacket and you've got them on. I mean, what, why is that a thing? Is it just because, I mean, you said you do, you do double patches for away days. I mean, I kind of love no, that you're doing good. that, but it's, it's funny that that's a thing over there and that people think about it. So the, the thing with the double badge, like we, I, I call the, I call the badge, we, we call the badge over here, but to be fair, it, it's definitely a path, but we like, for whatever reason, we, we call the badge, but, um, 
Well, you can take it on and off. So I think that I think badge makes sense. You you can and you, you can and from from my understanding of like culture, like like UK like UK culture and football culture, the 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 patch the the patch has obviously got it's got like military reference. Mm-hmm. A lot of Stone Island's like early pieces were uh, derived from like military materials, whether that be like a, a like a cover for a tank, like a tarpaulin on like a truck or whatnot, and they've they've taken that material like Massimo Osti, Paul Harvey. Um, Carlo Rovetti, to, to name like some of the people that have been really pivotal in Stone Island, they've like looked at this fabric and material and thought, how can this be translated into like men menswear? And um, the the patches obviously it's got like military de, like the ribbon the 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 ribbons like the ribbons that ain't a word they're, it's derived yes. from like like military insignia and whatnot and um. I think the reason it be, it's became like so noteworthy is that it was obviously worn in the 80s and the 90s a lot by football casuals in the UK and even like to the present day you probably won't see any more stone out than on a match day at any like football ground globally and um like some places are really funny like I I've got distinct memories of like not even it's not not even like a day at the football, but like wearing Stone Island, trying to go to a bar or a club, and they won't let you in because you've got a Stone Island badge on. So, <laughs> so it, it's obviously got the beauty that you can uh, you can like take the badge off, but a lot of the pieces are so distinct in the nature that taking mm-hmm. the badge off, people still know it's a Stone Island jacket. Yeah. So, I think some people will take the badge off because they don't want the attention, they don't want to potentially get in like a fight or whatever. Not that. Stone Island, when Stone Island send you like up for that sort of activity, but um, yeah, it's it's just it's a revolution. It's really like full 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 circle as a brand, and um, it's just like taking on I, a life of its own with that yeah, yeah that stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I forgot the what was the question? I forgot the question. It was just about why that's a thing. I mean, it's it's interesting to me because it's kind of polarizing in a way. How so? How, yeah, like for, how so? Like just like like you mean Stone Island itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just the fact like, that like can like it can like keep you out of a club, but also it's desirable to wear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like there's when it comes to the football and Stone Island, there's almost like an idea of like peacocking, like wearing a right wearing a like a jacket that people yeah. couldn't afford. Like the, these a lot of these jackets in the the days of like European football in the nineties were being stolen from, like retailers in europe like lads would go on away days to europe and just like rinse stores of all the like <laughs> the te- Adidas terrace styles all of like the stone island the sergio ticini like track jackets stuff of that ilk and um like come back the following week with like a lovely jacket probably getting a fight, probably getting a fight or a scrap and do the same the following week and yeah it, it's almost got its own like currency and level of value to it i i definitely can can like spot a nice a nice jacket if i'm at the football and it's a it's a nice thing to do like you, you're gonna you're gonna feel special if you're wearing a a pretty rarer older piece especially if it's got like a nice process to it and it's it's not like a run-of-the-mill jacket they're doing season on season mm-hmm. there's a uh there, so there's another streetwear brand that 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 will and i are, are big fans of randy to get ready to ring the bell um but uh they, they've just opened up a shop uh, in in London and in, in Soho, I believe, and that's that's Amelie Andor. It's a brand that I I that you know has a huge footprint here uh, in in stateside and especially New York streetwear culture. 
it's not something I've seen you post much about. I was just cur curious about your kind of familiarity with it, and if if you see if that's a brand that you see kind of growing over over uh, in the UK. I've I've actually I've actually got a pair of uh, Am Leon door. You 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 said a lot. You said a lot better than me. <laughs> we've had a lot uh, of practice over yeah, here. Yeah, we, we've gone but, through um, many um, pronunciations yeah. of it as well. So I've got a pair of like mesh basketball shorts they did in collaboration with New Balance on now. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I, I I've not you know what I've never really picked up any pieces. And part of that is I think I think the brand's very expensive, almost to the point of inaccessibility for what it is and what it offers yeah i but, agree like from my perspective it's almost like quite preppy it's almost quite like but it's it's obviously above j crew and what it offers but it's a, i almost get like a brooks brothers vibe or a like a ralph Lauren vibe from some of the pieces that they put out totally um, i it's it's definitely not engineered for like my body type i'm quite a big guy so i think aside from a pair of shorts or like even a t-shirt, I was I, I I regularly check out the store in London. I think it's I think it's a beautiful space. I think the coffee shop is a, a stroke of pure genius because yeah. every time I'm in London, I'll go there and pick up a coffee. And um, <laughs> like shout out to the shout out to the guys over there that actually really hospitable. Like hooked us up with a gift card for the coffee shop. I was down a couple. I was down um, like a week and a half ago. Card nearly ran out. They topped it up again with some money, so I can just go in and get a coffee when I when I want. Like the staff, the staff are a touch. They're really really good people, and I think that's that's one of the way the good ways they've approached the UK is really try and get ingrained within like the Soho community and people like pe people of people of interest who 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 they're aware of. I think that's that's pretty mm -hmm. Teddy Teddy's approach and just how they've moved in New York. Not that I've been to the New York store, but that's just what I, what my understanding of it is. Yeah. But back yeah. to the, I think, like the the part that collaborate a lot with New Balance. Uh, some of the New Balance pairs are fantastic. The five fifties may be a little overdone per se, and I hopefully they're gonna they're gonna part that pretty soon, especially with the ALD partnership. But um, they released like a, a made in UK nine nine one and like a, a brown brown leather and a, a grey and like olive makeup. That grey and olive pair. Probably one of my favorite shoes of last year. I ne never had them off my feet. Really. You're yeah, killing that, me. But, um... <laughs> I, I didn't get them when they released, and I and I actively was like, no, no, I'm going to be responsible. I'm not going to spend money. A few days later, a, a box comes to our front door, and I look down, and I'm like, what's going on here? Did my wife buy me some shoes, and she went and got them for herself, and now she's been she's been tromping oh, around in them, and it's killing oh. me. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> you made a I it, you think you made a great point that I hadn't really considered, which is that. ALD definitely plays with like Ralph Lauren Nautica, like early 90s mm -hmm. American preppy sportswear. Oh, it's that part that is ingrained and, in us that probably isn't right. ingrained and in that, other people. And that doesn't totally play the mm -hmm. same way uh, in England. Whereas, like, you know, the, the, the stuff they had, they had Saka as the as the campaign person mm -hmm. for for that for, yeah. for the 991 collaboration mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And so it's like that type of play, the, 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 the collaborations with New Balance and just kind of like, you know, maybe setting up like a, a a little bit of a different operation over there is 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 yeah. what it'll take to kind of to kind of grow it um, in a different location, different country. I I think for me the stum the stumbling block is if if I could walk in and be like be aware that anything I picked up would would be a nice fit. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that would be the first thing because I've I've got no problems like paying a bit more for an item if it's if it's going to sit nice. Yep. But I think I think a lot of the pieces are quite plain for how much they are like. 
I, I think I think I think I paid like ninety pounds for these shorts. Like, and don't get us wrong, they're a nice pair of shorts, but they're, they're a new they're a New Balance blank. Yeah. So it, it's not even like an ALD blank. So I, I've paid the ALD price, but I'm just going to pay of like mesh twelve pound <laughs> New Balance basketball shorts with like yeah. an ALD. Screen. But so I I think one of the ways it's succeeded is like across mood boards and Instagram almost. I, I'd almost like in. A lot of the insignia and brand, uh, how like Justin Saunders moves with uh, Jound, and it being mm-hmm. almost like a, and if you know, you know type brand, while still being like very in the mix. Right. Like people, people are very aware of it, but almost, it's I, I'm not going to see many people in Newcastle walking around in Emily and Door, and if if they are, I presume they probably either work in industry or they they know what's up. Mm-hmm. They've got the finger on the pulse. I struggled with this earlier this year, uh, or not earlier this year, I guess last year. Um, I had a, a, a open afternoon in London and I posted something on Instagram story being like, where should I go shop? And I got so many responses that it was overwhelming. If you got an <laughs> afternoon to burn in London, where, what neighborhood are you going to? What shops are you trying to hit? I think a couple of years ago, I, I maybe would have said Shoreditch because Shoreditch had quite a lot of cool spaces. Like you could shop some decent vintage there. Not that that's my vibe. But it's it's almost cool to check it out still and be exposed to it in that depth. Decent coffee shops in that area. Uh, you'd have like sneakers and stuff, which were like I've spent a bit of time like working and living in Shoreditch when I was a couple of years ago. So I was really like all fair and accustomed with the area. And uh, they'd have quite an eclectic mix of sneakers on the wall and just like interesting brands when you when you go in. Uh, good Hood, I I in the past regard that is a, a really like good store. I, I was there a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't. I wasn't blown away as I was in previous years. Like in the past, that would be a store I'd go and I'd maybe identify a piece I'd seen online that I was hard to see, but I could try on. And I, I can reel off probably five to 10 times I've went in the good hood with no intentions of buying anything and left with like a, a nice piece just mm-hmm. out the blue, just for it being presented in a, in the right way and being like available to try on. So like ruling out shortage, I'd, I'd probably say Soho. And I, and I imagine your follow-up question is going to be, which, which stores would I recommend checking out if you had a, a couple hours in, in Soho in the afternoon? Um, Supreme, from a, from a heritage standpoint, I'm definitely not going to stand in the queue if there's been a drop. Mm-hmm. But I think with I think with um, Tremaine being at the helm, I think when the lookbook surfaces in a couple of weeks, I think this will be his first season with like real direction over the brand. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued. I'm really intrigued to see where he's took it and who the collaborative partners are going forward. Cause I think what he's done with his seminal brand, the uh, Denim Denim Tears, Denim Tears, however you want to say it, is um is really good. And that and that's a brand that's like firmly on my radar. Aside from Supreme, obviously Stussy, I think that's a beautiful space. And when when it reopened in 2018, the London chapter, I think Soho was dying out for it to return. So I definitely like pop in there and check that out. Um, our legacy, like just nice space, and that that that's quite hard product to see. Really, if a store carries it, it's quite unlikely they'd have a great selection in store, just because of how almost underground it is, and just like not forward facing with the branding or anything. Um, see, Trebien, they've got they've got a little spot. Uh, just like a stone throw from Supreme in um, Soho. L- really like their online presence, and it was nice when they opened that space. I've never, I've never actually put. Pur- I-, I purchased a book. I purchased like an HR Gaia book actually 
because they had a they had a cool uh, like little boot concession in there. But aside from that, I've never really found any I like garments or footwear to pick up in there. But that's a cool shop. Um, well, this, Man, I, I need to get to I need to get to uh, to Soho. Well, thank, see, thank God we don't have shopping like dude, this. Dude, seriously, <laughs> I mean, our our plan that day, our original plan was that we were going to go to a match that day, and then it got canceled. So we were like, shit, what do we do? I got so overwhelmed by the amount of recommendations, and we were just going to go head down to Soho, but we uh-huh. ended up just getting drunk and eating Indian food instead, so it didn't really matter. As much as much as I'm like necessarily waxing lyrical about it, I'm almost, I'm almost a bit, a bit not not done with it, but a bit tired of it. Yeah, like, hesitant to recommend. What what would you say? Sorry, like just a little that? hesitant to recommend it, just because it, it might not no, be, you I'm, know, as, like, in its glory days. I think. I, I think if you're if you're not there like all the time, it's it's cool. But I think mm-hmm. when you when you're there quite a bit, whether I'm there, I'm there I'm down for work or I'm I'm there for the football or I'm just going to see friends, you, you kind of like exposed ex- overexposed to it a little bit, so it like loses its like its sheen or its like shine that it that it has like to people who aren't there weekly yeah. or biweekly. But um, like aside from those stores, I said Emily and Door, we're we're checking out like beautiful store. Like got an art installation from uh, Terrell Winston there. Pair of like eighty-five Chicago's chilling. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's it's like it's the per- it's like perfect. It's nice for a photo dump. That's probably the best way to describe the store. Mm-hmm. If you want to throw together a cool photo dump, like get yourself in the ARD store and take yeah. some photos. <laughs> and um, pro- pro- probably last but not least, probably end on the basis that it's probably the biggest uh like multi-brand retailer in the area obviously you've got you've got self which is a little bit further afield yeah. harrods like, i feel like what their offerings far less curated and more for a tourist where the end offerings for someone like fully in the mix and understanding of what yeah what like menswear is and where they're at with it reese the way that we end every episode here is that we uh we each choose one item that we add to our wish list i gave you a little homework today did you did you have anything prepared for uh any items that you're looking to uh add to your rotation in in the coming days no not not really no i I, no (laughs) that's okay if i'm being honest i actually don't have anything this week for my wish list either so that's actually not the worst thing in the world How, what what's the what, what what's the timeline for the wish list? Are we talking like the next couple the next couple of days? Or are we talking like we, monthly, we, weekly? So so we kind of divide it into two categories, or, or at least that that's the way it's shaken out mm-hmm. here. But like our the the things that we put on our wish list are kind of like sometimes pretty aspirational and maybe just things we're kind of like considering, ruminating on. They're they're almost points of inspiration, something we'd like to have someday or or in the, or in or in some type of future. And then we also have what we call our our imminent cops, which are like okay. things that, things that we are about to buy. Yeah. Or are, are, it's like are, I can put this on the wish list, but I know this is getting off that wish list yeah, like the second yeah. I can get my hands on it. Yeah, and so um, you know, it's it's you, you can really take it in in whatever direction you want to take it in. But um, yeah, uh, I, I I mean, you know, we we we've talked Stussy a little bit. They just put out a, a, a lookbook. I just got an email a couple hours ago. <laughs> For their uh, for uh, for their spring spring lookbook and and uh, I've also seen you post uh, on on your account that kind of lime green uh, Casentino wool CPO shirt. That's uh, that I might Dude, make that mine today. Everybody's loving Casentino these days. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's Casentino. What's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> the 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 funny thing is, I, I've seen that lookbook pop up before, and um. For the first time in maybe a year or a year and a half, I don't, I don't love the look. Oh man! I think the, 
I think the position, I think the positioning of it is, I, I think like when I say position, I'm talking like the backdrop, yeah. how, how it's been presented, what the like, what the storytelling is for the general lookbook. But aside from that, I think there's a, maybe a lack of cohesion in the styling. Mm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a, I'm a Stussy nerd when there's probably no brand that I track more than Stussy just because it's, I, I really enjoy it. But I'm flicking through the lookbook now, and I know I know for a fact some of these pieces already dropped. Yeah, they did. Two yeah. Weeks ago. Yep. So, so, so we've been presented with a lookbook where some of the pieces have already dropped, and for people who aren't that au fait with Stussy or following it as intently as I am, they're gonna be they'll hit the site on Friday and they'll be like, "Oh shit, that's already sold out. That that that's been sitting on the site." I think maybe the the way it's been approached this time hasn't been the best, but flicking through. I can't really see anything that's really catching my eye. No, normally that normally they'll tease like a nice pair of like beach pants in a in mm-hmm. a funky like motif, but it seems like they're favoring those uh, like Nike or almost flight cargo pants over the beach pants now. And I, I picked up a couple of pairs of those up like late last season, and I, I don't I'm not in love with them. I've I've paid for them. They're sitting there and they'll get they'll get seminal wear, but they're not going to be. <laughs> they're, they're not. Gonna, I'm not going to be like. Strutting around in them daily. What, so discount, discounting Stussy from that. Um, mm, you, you know what? Stone Island had a couple of nice pieces in the lookbook. I don't know if you're familiar with it. The the SS23 lookbook came out a couple of days ago. I haven't looked through there's it. A, um, there's there's a couple of jackets there that I, I've probably got me got my eye on. But seeing that, I I'm probably not going to spend like what I, I probably won't want to spend what the retail is i'd probably rather put that money into another brand yeah so if i could if i could score one of those jackets with a bit of discount probably a stone island jacket over the next couple of months imminently <laughs> uh what what, what 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 do i need you know what i mean I've, i'm pretty good on tees i'm 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 like really well versed with shirting out of way i'm pretty good um probably just some new like general pants to wear day to day so if if stussy re-up on like the black and navy beach pants this friday I'll probably use this as an opportunity to pick um, some of those up. Is that but your go? I'm, is that your kind of your go-to pant? Is the Stussy Beach pant? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I live. I live in them. I, I okay. love that. I love the cut of that pant. It's almost like perfect out of the the packet. So I get a lot of questions about pants. Will you know what I mean? Like people are they, they're they're bugging my line about pants. So that's that's I'm gonna that I'm I'm going there next time. You I'm two gonna... are killing me because Barrett's been Barrett like had to punt on something the other day. He, or he was a little late for something the other day because he was waiting for a Stussy drop. I was listening to the Dan Splitting <laughs> podcast Stussy, legacy, and you yeah. were tossing about talking about everything. And I'm gonna end up spending a bunch of money there before <laughs> summer comes. I'm gonna I'm gonna be all Stussy this summer. It's, you guys are gonna hate it. <laughs> well, Reese, thank you so much for joining us. This was a uh, this was a very fun uh, way to have our first guest on, and we appreciate it so much. Where can the people go follow you if they're trying to get more of your content? Uh, this is pretty easy. I only live. I only really live on Instagram. That's the only social media I use. So uh, at cake not crumbs. Ho- hopefully, you guys will learn nice and throw a little tag so they don't have to type it in and then just click a link. Of course. Oh, oh yeah, well, you're going to be yeah. very evident across all socials. No <laughs> worries there. All right, Reese. Well, uh, be safe and. Uh, I, I hope to have a very competitive match between uh, Newcastle and hopefully Manchester United in the Carabao Cup final. I, I, I hope we, I hope we win, but I do hope it's competitive for the sake of the neutral. Come on, <laughs> are you going to make it there for it? Oh, this, this 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 was the discussion last night, and this is where a lot of the anxiety came from after the game. It's 
it's like we we've made it here, and I, and I'm obviously a season ticket holder. I, I go to, I go to, I want to say like seventy to eighty percent of away games, but I'm I'm going to away games a lot of the time on just like connections and the the charity of people who've got like a silly amount of loyalty points, which enable you to buy an away ticket. Mm-hmm. I, I've got some points, but I don't have a great deal because they're, they're that hot. They're that hot. They're like a mass and accumulate. So. I've I've booked the hotel already. I booked the You'll hotel. You'll be like there. You'll be there. <laughs> I, 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 I'll be there in some capacity, hopefully. But um, but hopefully I'm just it's pretty seamless and I can like buy my own ticket because I've I've already seen people quoting like crazy amounts for tickets and I probably would pay that, but it would be nice just for the club to reward the people who go week in week out. Yeah, but, um, that's a story for another day. Well, we'll be keeping an eye out for you. Reese, actually, I, I got one last question for you. It, are, can we expect you stateside anytime? Can are we going to see a little New York or anything like that on your on your uh, on the gram anytime you know soon? Twenty twenty three. You know what? I'd I love to. I've I've got quite I've got quite a lot of friends I've made online in LA, and I I've not I've 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 only been to America once. I went to Florida when I was a kid, which probably sounds crazy to anyone <laughs> American. My understanding of Florida is pretty. I don't want to say trashy and offend people, but it's a bit like it, it's not like the the main destination for Americans. I feel, but for people in the UK, like they love a theme park, right? And they love yeah. the, in, in the sunshine. So the the thing with me is, I'm actually I've got a really bad phobia of flying. I've I've been to a lot of places, but as, as I've got older, I'm almost like the most anxious person ever <laughs> on a pl- on a plane. So I, I I flew I flew a couple of months ago went there uh, went out to like Rome to watch the football for like a work trip and um I went to see like a hypnotherapist beforehand <laughs> to and, like, get myself in the, in the headspace and uh, I was definitely like more comfortable on those flights I think if there's uh, I'm kind of waiting for an opportunity that yeah will like kill the fear factor for us in in like New York so if there's something I really want to see that'll get us out there I'd I, I'll, I'll be out there because there's a lot of people I'd like to connect with and I, I want I want to see the sites you I mean I want to go shopping out there as well yeah yeah you just need somebody to to you know to fund the trip and put you in the uh the business class no, with, no, with, the, with the lay down I'm, seats no, <laughs> no I'm, I'm happy I, I'm, I'm happy to sit in the car I, I don't need I don't need anybody to fund the trip I'm, I'm good for that but I just I just I need I just need like something to really pull us out there yeah whether it be whether it be like a, a nice gallery exhibition or something like I can't miss mm-hmm. in the city so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Well, we'll we'll toss down the retail therapy uh, company card uh, if if our, our, our paths ever meet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, Maybe it'll be us in the UK. You Maybe. Never know. I mean, that's actually probably a better chance. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, Reese. Well, we'll catch you on the flip side. We've uh, really enjoyed having you, and uh, we'll make sure to uh, to get uh, people sent your way. Thank you. I appreciate, it, guys. Thanks, Reese. Cheers. Thank you.